Hey there, welcome to LSAT Demon Daily. I'm Nathan Fox, that's Ben Olson. We're the founders of LSATdemon.com and our weekly podcast, Thinking LSAT. We have an email here from Anonymous. Hello, I'm graduating in May and starting my master's degree in the fall. I am hoping to apply in November for fall of 2024 admissions. I did a double major and held two GPAs. My GPA in industrial and systems engineering is a 3.0, while my GPA in political science is a 3.6. My raw score with no study prep is a 152. I'm hoping to reach the mid 160s, 170 range. That's too low of a goal. I'll stop you right there. Um, if your raw, just blind score, cold diagnostic score is what we would call that, is a 152, then you should settle for nothing less than the 170s. Yep. Mids, 160s are not for you. You need to get into the 170s. If, if you can score 152 right out of the box, then you need to work your ass off and get something in the 170s. Go ahead. Yeah. This correspondent continues, I'm staying to do my master's in systems engineering to continue research I did during my undergrad that was offered extended funding to continue as my thesis. Cool. If they're paying for it, great. My combined GPA average is a 3.3 and I have had courses I needed to retake slash failed as well as the semester COVID hit where I audited all my classes. Okay, I don't know where you're going with that. My advisor at my university told me I had strong chances <laughs> and that I would be able to submit a personal statement detailing why a personal I had statement? Fuck off. Oh college my God. advisors are terrible, man. I mean, I I don't want to say that all college advisors are terrible, but there are so many terrible undergraduate advisors that I just, you got to stop. Like, I don't, man, go, go ahead. Cause I'm sorry if I was reading ahead and I got pissed off, but okay, yeah. a personal statement is not the appropriate place to detail where you, why you had bumps in your academic career. Yeah. Jeez Louise. <laughs> So continuing detailing why I had bumps in my academic career and to shoot for top 50 schools, but I really don't feel confident and I am unsure if this is was actually solid advice. I am interested in going into a legal field focused on corporate tech. Okay. I would appreciate any advice. I'm studying for the LSAT a few hours a week and plan to kick up studying 15 to 25 hours a week after graduation. I would stop studying and focus on getting a 4.0 this semester. I don't, you're not getting a 4.0, which means you shouldn't be studying for the LSAT. If your undergrad advisor is not already telling you that, then your undergrad advisor sucks. I mean, like, law schools are intensely interested in the grades you get in undergrad. And if you're still an undergrad, you need to be getting A's. A pluses if your school offers them. Yeah. Do the best you can this semester. What do you think about the idea of continuing school? Well, don't not graduate. Yeah. Don't graduate because when you graduate, your GPA gets set in stone. But if you can continue to accumulate undergrad uh, credits on your undergraduate resume, there, there could be something here. The other thing that you might be able to do is to get your school to actually take grades off of your transcript. If you go and talk to them, you've got these retaken or failed classes. Failed? failed because of COVID. I don't understand that, but there's like, there are ways. And if you listen to other episodes of the LSAT demon daily podcast, if you listen to other episodes of thinking LSAT, 
go to our website. We might have resources available on this, but people have been able to convince their undergraduate school to change their undergraduate transcripts because what you're not recognizing here is that the LSAC is going to adjust your GPA. You're going to have to create a credential assembly service account. I would encourage you to do that now. You can have all your transcripts uploaded now. LSAC will calculate a GPA for you and you can see what your blended GPA is actually going to be because it mm -hmm. may or may not be a 3.3. It could be, be higher 3. or lower. <laughs> it could be yeah. a 3.5. Yeah, who knows? Well, who knows? Because your school might do different things for these retaken or failed classes. If, if you failed it and retook it, your school might not count the failed GPA, the failed grade as a zero, but LSAC is going to. And so you need to see what LSAC is actually doing with your transcript. I think I would do that first. Sign up for LSAC, get your transcripts uploaded, see what your blended LSAC GPA is. Then if you have any opportunity of improving that, you can go talk to your school about changing grades on your transcript potentially to get that to go up. You can also get A's this semester slash potentially take more classes to get them onto your undergraduate transcript because the master's is going to have nothing to do with law school admissions, really. No, it's not going to help you, even if you get A's. So, or could you, could you continue with the master's program without graduating and get some of those classes onto your undergrad transcript? I don't know. I have no idea. Why law school? <laughs> also, I mean, it sounds like you have some technical chops here. And if you can do industrial and systems engineering, why don't you just go be an industrial and systems engineer? And if you want to work in law, you could be an industrial and systems engineer who gets hired by a law firm. I mean, that's a hell of a better life than being a lawyer at a law firm. Something about this email is concerning to me. I don't know why. Well, there are a lot of, and I know this is somewhat trivial, but there are a lot of run on sentences. You use a lot of commas where you should use periods. You should just end your sentence and you just comma and then continue. So it's a strange. And then I don't know. Someone who like, has technical chops, who wants to go fight with people who have no technical chops and have better English chops. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I think your, your undergrad advisor is maybe doing you a disservice by trying to pump you up about top 50 law schools, by the way, I mean, like there are many, many, many lawyers who would turn up their nose at anything less than a top 14 law school. You know, you're like that. It's not prestigious. The top 50 is not prestigious. Mm -hmm. Like when you're talking about a school that's ranked 35th or 45th or whatever, you're looking at a regional school that does not have a big national reputation. You're looking at a school that probably has really bad big law placement. So the lawyer jobs that are created by those schools are not the kinds of jobs that get paid a lot of money anyway. You know, interested in going into a legal field focused on corporate tech. What is that? I don't even know what that means. Corporate like, tech. You're not talking about being a like a patent attorney, I don't think, or maybe you are, but if that were the case, then you should be studying like for the patent bar, potentially become a patent agent before you apply to law school. Uh, hmm, I don't know. I, this seems like a very young person who is going 
basically K through JD, although, you know, maybe going to take a one year master's or something, but is already, you know, focused on law school. I would convince, I I would encourage you to just put law school aside and not even like, I, I don't think law school is what you should be thinking about right now. I think you should kick ass in this master's program and look for actual jobs. Related to it. I mean, they're offering you to come on and do this for free. They're, they see some value in what you're doing. 3.6 in poli sci is like bad, right? I mean, yeah. law school applicants, there are just rows and rows, just dozens of law school applicants who have a 4.3 in political science. You know, your, your 3.0 in industrial and systems engineering is a lot more impressive to me, but it's not going to be more impressive to the law schools because the law schools are just going to look at your blended GPA and they're going to be like, wow, okay, so 3.3. So you're below our 50th percentile. So you're going to lower the prestige of our school, at least on that metric. And that's a metric that we really care about. This is somebody who's clearly smart enough to get a, you know, you could, you could come in as a splitter with a really badass GPA Oh, sorry, really badass LSAT <laughs> and a shitty GPA. You could then yeah. write a, uh, you could write an addendum to point out the fact that you studied STEM essentially, and maybe explain some of the COVID stuff, I guess, but that just kind of sounds like excuses really. Well, cause everybody went through COVID. So yeah. Like, and yeah. not everybody who was in COVID has fails on their transcripts right like other people were able to withdraw from their classes yep and not get a fail on their transcript so you know you can explain it if you want i just like law schools hear all those excuses too much too much and what they're really concerned with is what's the actual number on the page what's the number that we're going to have to report to the american bar association yeah and your explanation doesn't change that number i don't know Email us back at daily at lsatdemon.com. I, I want to know if we're totally missing the mark on any of this advice. Hopefully that was helpful. Any final words, Ben? No, thanks for writing in. Email daily at lsatdemon.com if you'd like to ask us a question or share some LSAT or law school missions news. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.